Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of The Gestational Diabetic. I am your host, Tracy Houston, and I'm here to inform you and empower you so that you can be a confident member of your healthcare team. As a quick medical disclaimer, none of the information in this podcast can be used to treat or diagnose any medical con- condition. If you feel as though you are experiencing problems with your health, please discuss them with your healthcare team. All right, guys, so November is Diabetes Awareness Month, and at the time that I'm recording this, it is November 2nd of 2020, so I thought that this episode, we would talk a little bit about diabetes and how it affects you after giving birth and if you want to have birth again, and just a little bit about the statistics and what goes on with diabetes in the United States. Diabetes is actually a worldwide issue but most of the listeners are in the United States. And also, I'm not even sure where I can get very specific information about different countries uh, concerning diabetes. So we're just going to talk about the United States today. You should know that diabetes has been one of the top leading causes of death for decades. Right now, it's number seven, and it's been number seven, I think, for a little over 30 plus years, something like that. But Nonetheless, it has always been in the top 10 leading causes of death for the United States. Just to give you some perspective, the other leading causes of death in order are heart disease, cancer, accidents, chronic lower respiratory diseases, stroke, Alzheimer's, and then diabetes. The thing about diabetes and high blood sugar is that Oftentimes, the person experiencing high blood sugar has no clue until symptoms start popping up and they're like, okay, well, wait a minute, something's wrong here. Or maybe they get sent to the hospital for something and they figure out that that what what issue is going on in their body is actually a complication of diabetes. So these are a number of things that diabetes does contribute to. Blood vessel damage, nerve damage loss of consciousness, extreme thirst, vision disrupted like cataracts or glaucoma or maybe just blurry division, <laughs> blurry division, blurry vision. Uh, you're easier, it's easier for you to get infections, high blood pressure, and being pregnant right now, that means that preeclampsia and hypertension, you're at higher risk for having those complications too because you are already experiencing high blood sugar and you have gestational diabetes. Other other complications, other health complications from diabetes include fatigue, digestion problems, excessive urination or protein in your in your urine, uh, pancreas malfunction, ketoacidosis, dry and cracked skin, and foot issues like calluses and uh, ulcers and your feet getting infected from, um, you know, just a basic cut, you're more prone to that cut being infected. So diet, high blood sugar does affect so much in your body. And so if we look back at the top 10 leading causes of death, heart disease is number one, and it's been number one for decades. And so heart disease develops from damage to blood vessels and nerves and Again, that's what high blood sugar contributes to. And then if we look at one, two, three, if we look at number five, the number five leading cause of death is stroke. And high blood sugar is an established risk factor for having a stroke. 
And then number six is Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's is, they, they say it's plaque on the brain and they're unofficially calling it type three diabetes because um, it affects the blood flow to your brain and high blood sugar contributes to that as well. So three of the top six leading causes of death in, United, in the United States, high blood sugar is a contributing factor. And so I wanted to mention that because, you know, everybody gets excited about eating whatever they want to eat after birth and not having to worry about the baby being affected by the glucose in our blood and everything like that. But there has to be some kind of attention called to the fact that there, it's a very real possibility that you are having high blood sugar after birth. And that you, there, it's possible that you experienced it for, before birth, but we can't even go back to before birth to figure that out unless you had a, um, an HbA1c test in your first trimester. And then you would have a better clue of whether you were having high blood sugar before pregnancy or not. But like I said, so with that meme going around saying that gestational diabetes isn't your fault, you can completely relinquish yourself from fault in having gestational diabetes. But the fact of the matter is, a lot of us don't know what state our health was in before that. Because just because you looked healthy and you felt healthy doesn't necessarily mean that you were as healthy as you think. Because again, high blood sugar, you don't really feel it or know it or uh, your body doesn't really tell you in an obvious way until it's an it, until it's a very obvious problem like a stroke or your vision getting blurry even then you know i mean i think about sometimes i've had blurry vision and i just rub my eyes you know i don't know if i was experiencing high blood sugar back then so as we continue on in our lives after birth we want to make sure that we're taking great care of ourselves because listen to these statistics in the united states one in 10 people have diabetes. And that is kind of a um, guesstimation because they are including people that they think are undiagnosed as well. So 10.5% of the United States population is said to have diabetes, whether it's diagnosed or undiagnosed. But 34 million of them are diagnosed and they estimate that around 7 million people are undiagnosed but actually do have diabetes. And then one in three people are pre-diabetic. So that's 34.5%, and this information is from the CDC. 34.5% of the United States population is pre-diabetic. That's 88 million people. And you know what, I should have started off with this, but I'm not giving you this information to scare you or you know, try to make you like, become a stickler for what you eat or whatever like that. I'm giving you this information because we can't do something about a problem unless we're informed. So back to these statistics, uh, the CDC did note that the instance of diabetes between the years of 2008 and 2018 has decreased among adults. That's great, right? Unfortunately, the instance of diabetes in children has increased, right? So when we look at these statistics of people who are diagnosed and undiagnosed and pre-diabetic and all that, 
they said that 15% were smokers. Smoking is terrible for diabetes. It, smoking is like a catalyst for diabetes. And it's, it's such a big deal. I plan to have an entire podcast episode about that. And I know exactly who to come in for that interview, but I just have to get in touch with them. So that's a different topic for a different day. But uh, so 15% of them were smokers. 38% of them were physically inactive, you know, had a pretty much sedentary lifestyle. And 89% of them were overweight. You know, if I'm sure you know that diabetes, one of the risk factors for getting diabetes is being overweight, you know, having a high BMI, which stands for body mass index. And I want you to know that, you know, if you look at yourself in the mirror and you think that you're slender enough, that doesn't mean that you don't have a high BMI or that you're not overweight. Because I remember when I first learned about what BMI was, the person who taught me technically was overweight according to his BMI. But looking at him, he was really toned. And he, in fact, he was an Air Force, I was in the Air Force at that time. He was an Air Force instructor. And um, yes, he was really toned. He ran all the time. Um, and you just, you wouldn't look at him and think that he was any bit overweight or that he would have a high BMI. But according to the calculation, he did, or he did. So um, it's better to actually run the numbers or go get tested than to just look and guess. If we just look and guess, there's a pretty good chance we could be wrong, right? But if we actually go and get tested or run the numbers or whatever the situation may be and get the actual data, then we can have a solid answer and make better choices with that information. Okay, so I talked about the uh, instance of diabetes being increased in youth, and that was in both type, both type one and type two diabetes. But we're not here to talk about the kids. We're here to talk about mama and how mama uh, moves on after birth. So after pregnancy, I would just say, you know, be mindful of what you're eating. Hopefully you've gained some kind of positive eating habits uh, through this period. And maybe you're not even craving the carbs like you used to, or the sugar like you used to, you know, yes, it's not sugar that causes diabetes. Yes, I get that totally. But there are a lot of hidden carbs in our food these days, especially, my goodness, the review that I just did on Chili's, um, the restaurant, there are so many hidden carbs in their menu. It's crazy. It's nuts, guys. And so, um, you know, just be, be mindful of your intake and your overall lifestyle, because it's not just carbs that causes diabetes. It's not just sugar. It's your overall lifestyle, you know, so try to be active. I'm sure when your baby starts crawling around and walking, you're going to be active. But overall, the fact is that you did, you did or do have gestational diabetes. And so you want to take uh, better care of yourself, especially if you want to have another baby, because listen to this. There were some researchers that surveyed data over a span of years, and it included 8,500 8, subjects. And so what they were looking at was how taking care of yourself before conceiving affects your, your outcomes during pregnancy. And this is what they found. So if you take well, if you take good care of yourself in your preconception period, 
it reduces the chances of a congenital malformation by 71%. If you don't want to, excuse me, if you don't know what a congenital uh, malformation is, um, that is a major malformation that normally happens in the first trimester. It's highest in the first trimester, and then it could happen in the second trimester, but the, the chances are reduced at that time. But it's something like um, cerebral palsy, spina bifida, uh, cleft lip, cystic fibrosis, heart conditions, Down syndrome, stuff like that. And high blood sugar is a direct uh, contributor to those malformations. And in fact, um, the instance of miscarrying in the first and second trimester for uh, congenital malformations is higher because of that. So that's why high blood sugar is so important. It's not just in the third or late second trimester when it matters. It matters throughout the entire period for your baby at least and for you it matters period. So back to the the researchers and their data, they also said that if you take good care of yourself in the preconception period, it reduces your risk for preterm delivery by 15%, perin perinatal death by 54%, NICU stays for the baby by 25%, the instance of small for gestational age by 48%. Those are some pretty big numbers. Now, you know, it wasn't like a hard fact, like for sure, 25% of NICU stays will be um, avoided if you take good care of yourself. You know, there are a lot of factors that go into uh, this kind of data and research, but it's still something to consider. And I want to note that they said that the instance for miscarrying, C-section, a large baby, so shoulder dystocia, and hypoglycemia, excuse me, hypoglycemia, they had um, the, how well you take care of yourself in the preconception period had little to no effect on those, in those cases. Okay, guys, so I know that was a lot of numbers and a lot of statistics, but basically I'm saying all this to say, take good care of yourself. Be mindful of your nutrition, especially if you want to have another baby. No, having gestational diabetes isn't your fault, but consider your lifestyle before you had it. Consider what you were eating. What were your eating habits? And then apply what you've learned in this time because, you know, you are at higher risk for developing type 2 diabetes after having gestational diabetes. In fact, the statistic is that up to 70% of women with gestational diabetes will go on to develop type 2 diabetes within five years uh, after birth. And then after that, the statistic drops down, but there's still um, somewhat of a chance, so to speak, until the 10-year mark. And then after the 10-year mark, it drops down very drastically. And you know, everyone talks about type 2 diabetes as if that's the only thing that can happen, but type 1 diabetes is also a possibility. There are moms that have gone on to develop type 1 diabetes after having gestational diabetes. And after listening to Miranda in episode 9 about postpartum and how our bodies handle the postpartum period, we understand why. Because I think she said it was uh, some 30 something percent of women end up developing, or no, excuse me, it was 
women in the first year of postpartum are at 30% chance higher of developing an autoimmune disease. And that's what type one di diabetes is, it's an autoimmune disease. So if you get a chance, go ahead and listen to episode nine with Miranda. It's about deeply healing your body in the postpartum period. It's an episode that every mom should listen to, even if you're years after your birth. Everything that I mentioned in the episode, all the research will be linked in the show notes. That's all I have for you today, guys. I'll talk to you later.